Welcome to the Banega Swast India podcast. Our focus this season is One Health, One Planet, One Future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because only a swast bharat can be a sampann bharat. Amambika Singh Kama. As we mark month of May with the theme of self-care for mothers, we speak with a very special guest, Dr. Malika Sarabhai. who is a dancer padmabhushan awardee choreographer actor writer and most importantly a social activist who has specialized in using the dance and its various art forms for social change and transformation thank you so much dr malika for joining us today it's a pleasure to have you you know the first thing i mean the amount of work which you've done and you know the messaging which you've uh, you know put across through dance we're going to be talking about that but tell me we know do know malika that art is a common language that connects us all and you have experimented with with all whether it's dance theater music what according to you is the best thing about art as a medium to connect people you know if you look at uh, india or any of the other ancient cultures art was never a thing apart from living it was mm-hmm. it was a reflection of life it was a reflection of what you were going through it was a reflection of the work you did it was a reflection of the life passages of marriage and birth and death and it's only i think in the last 250 300 years that we see it as entertainment and that's what communicates because it's from the heart it's uh, it reflects personal experience mm-hmm. but it also plugs into the experience of humanity and i think that's why it goes beyond language uh, dr malika you know you have been a strong advocate for women's empowerment you've been doing some credible work for decades now and you use a lot of mythology tell us about the use of art to bring about social change i mean how does it uh, you know affect and bring that strong messaging you know the hindus of this country have lived with our myths in a very day to day way today it might be different but certainly when i was growing up and when my children were growing up if there was a fat and very strong boy in class they would say dekho bheem jaisa hai uh or you know references like that so yeah. it's not like we had to go to a temple mm. and and go into the myths the myths are all around us whether it was in bollywood versions or anything and look at hinduism look at the way gods were addressed it's sita ram it's not ram sita it's radha krishna radha's krishna it's lakshmi kanta lakshmi's husband so where did this association of a man as a woman's person get mm-hmm. tilted by patriarchy and where did the women get reduced to these black and white convenient mm-hmm. figures that you could oppress other women in current times i thought i really need to come out and use mythology mm. to peel away the patriarchy again just you know i want to ask you we are going to be talking a lot about dance and you know what darpana does i want to ask you something which we want to focus on is self care especially for women how important is it and when women mostly take charge of the house they prioritize their family kids husband their own work how important is self care especially when we're talking about physical well being mental health and what larger impact does it have especially not only on her but also people around her 
I'll start off by telling you of an experiment that I've been doing in Darpana over the last 10, 12 years, which is that I would come back from my office across the street to Darpana, mm-hmm. and I would see all these mothers sitting outside with their daughters inside or their sons inside. And one day I just stopped and I said, how many of you want to learn how to dance? And they'd say, oh, Ben, it's too late, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, too late for what? And then they came out and said, oh, you know, I always wanted to learn and I never did. My parents wouldn't allow it or I got married very early. So I said, come, come and learn because I want you to have the joy of having something for yourself. Mm -hmm. Women who find themselves at the age of 40, 50, 60, we've just had three graduates over 60 and their families are transformed because they come and say, the husband says, I didn't know this was my wife. Yeah. I'm seeing a completely new person. And we have children, grown-up children calling from Australia and America saying, just make sure that our mother doesn't give up because, because we will pay for it. We will come and we will, because she's somebody completely different. Wow. And the way the women blossom, it, it brings tears to my eyes just to talk about it. And that's the importance of self-care. Women spend all their lives in this stupid society of ours being asked to be dutiful and sacrificial. We are not the sacrificial lamb. And the more we are happy within ourselves, Mm -hmm. the more joy and care we give others. Otherwise, it becomes a duty. Otherwise, we are doing it with gritted teeth. Be daring. Try it. Look after yourself. It's not selfishness. Because I mean, the guilt. Somewhere, Malika, that guilt, you know, that I'm taking out that one hour for myself. Absolutely. Oh, you have the time to go for a facial, really. You know, that kind of thing that's, And yet, it's fulfillment and a sense of feeling well and well-being that spreads joy in the family and to everybody around us. Not a feeling of being tired all the time or being yelled at by the husband or being exploited by the children. I think it's crucial. I think you've just hit the... I mean, you've hit the nail it's absolutely i think if you're happy you can spread that happiness yes. that it's so yes. important to take out that little me time absolutely. i mean you know just to relax and do what you want to do so I mean, you experimented it you saw it with the you know the ladies which it's you started amazing. to dance after years i mean that's that's just amazing you know also malika you've been working on gender equality female infanticide sexual violence for decades you know we've all started talking about, about it now more because we realize it we see it a lot more Tell us about the shift you're seeing related to violence against women when I talk about today. I think there's much more violence against women today because the general levels of the violence we see, Mm -hmm. the violence we condone, the gender and caste violence mix that affects women Mm -hmm. and the the many Me Too crimes that happen. So you don't only rape, but you rape and kill. There is much more abusive language. Mm The internet is full of abuses and abuses and and women in public life or women in in, uh, the media get it all the time. So there's much more because there are many more forms of violence. There are many more platforms for violence. Mm -hmm. Also, there is very little shame. What has changed is that women are more willing to talk about it. Women are more willing to discuss it. And there are more fora available today to Mm -hmm. actually say, I am not a victim. I want to be a survivor. Rape is not because something I did. It was a violence done on me. It was an invasion of my privacy Mm -hmm. and I demand justice. I think that is the shift. The shift that actually needs to be done is to work on men so that they don't feel threatened and they do not take women first as women and much later as human beings. So Mm -hmm. we as women 
who have had children or who are about to have children need to make the shift into not thinking in girl boy terms or hindu muslim yeah. terms or any of those binaries but to try mm-hmm. and make our children into more humane beings i think yeah. then the shift think, will happen yeah. the general levels of violence of all forms of violence are much heavier today yeah and i think the shift needs to it needs to start early and it needs to start very with a boy girl and early. you're right i mean the men the boys need to be taught from an early age sensitization needs to happen that is okay oh. to cry it's okay not to be sturdy and the he man hmm. you know mard bano are probably the most dangerous words yeah. in any language so breaking the stereotypes again like when we see women today doing stuff out there you know what we always thought men would do i think that that those same similar for the men as well i think like you said you know just another thing since we're talking about women the taboos we were talking about teaching men when we again talk about gender uh, gender bias violence against women when we look at women's health especially menstruation or even for that matter menopause these things are never spoken about and menstruation is still a taboo like in some parts of a country it's celebrated when a woman gets her you know period but whereas in some she's just um, ostracized in the sense what do you th- think like why does it still exi- exist in our parts of the country you know a woman menstruating is mm-hmm. the most powerful symbol mm-hmm. of a race going on if a woman doesn't menstruate that race will die if a woman menstruates that woman can give birth and therefore the human race or the tiger race continues mm-hmm. and that is a very frightening aspect to men and that is why if you see all the things that are attached to being feminine Mm-hmm. are made out to be weak or dirty yeah. menstruation is dirty and yet if women didn't menstruate mm-hmm. no humanity true we need to break these myths open also that the woman's menstruating blood mm-hmm. has more stem cells than any other blood and can save more lives which is why a lot of europe is not using pads anymore they are using menstrual cups and in countries like sweden i believe there are hospital trucks that go around collecting this uh, blood so that stem cells can be retrieved from it and given to patients of cancer and people to save them yeah there is no blood that is heavier with stem cells if we start educating people about this Mm. if we start saying that this is not dirty and that women were asked to rest because they were renewing their their mm-hmm. their internal cells that would later make them become mothers and mm-hmm. that it was not saying oh you are dirty therefore you cannot touch yeah. anything oh you are dirty well if menstruation is dirty then the human race is dirty yeah in fact you i was reading something some very interesting you written the menstruation is dirty then the whole human race is dirty because without menstruation there would be no pregnancy it really makes you think so Absolutely. i think Absolutely. I mean, I'm considering we're in the 21st century. Okay, talking Malika about Darpana. Tell us what is Darpana doing when we talk about uh, gender sensitization? Because you have been doing a lot of work. Everything from language to the color coding of so-called educators, in fact, lead you straight into the same silo of this is what girls do and this is what boys do. Mm-hmm. And in Darpana, we have actually gone and sat in classrooms. of schools which consider themselves very enlightened mm-hmm. and videoed behavior where the teacher doesn't even realize she's being gendered mm-hmm. where the books are all properly done but girls are still in pink and boys are still in blue mm-hmm. and the great indians on the walls are 99% male yeah and things like that 
So we have been doing quite a lot of research and seeing how our programming can break those particular things in children who are very young. Because again, research shows that three-year-olds do not see a difference in gender. By the time they are five, they are already seeing gender differences so that a boy gets labeled strong and a girl gets labeled beautiful. So you need to start younger and younger because younger and younger our children are prone to be looking at social media, which is hugely gendered. Exactly. I mean, I think it's just from the beginning, you know, like you girls, boys can't cry or girls are beautiful. I mean, the way you said it, I mean, these are things actually in the change can happen. It's just about oh, thinking. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, it's a question you know, of messaging. It's a messaging, question of- yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, Malika, mostly people view when we talk about dance coming back as a you know form of art, mostly people view art as a form of entertainment, a hobby. How do you think we can use it in the same way as we use STEM fields to bring about a change? Darpana has done a lot of work in using the arts to talk about things as different as mm-hmm. how to handle diabetes, to why a girl child must have an education to gender-based violence, to environmental destruction, uh, and to many of these. And we have tried every form of the arts. We, we don't go in saying, I am a dancer, therefore we will use dance for this. We see what is the messaging and who are the people that need that messaging and what is it that will go. You know, talking about COVID-19, the pandemic has impacted each one of us in different ways. I mean, in fact, every aspect of life. What about the art industry and how... What more could be done so that it bounces back post the pandemic? It was pretty difficult before the pandemic as well, not for not for the visible people like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you talk of a dance performance, mm-hmm. you are not thinking of the metalsmith who made the gungurus, who will go out of a job and will starve because the gungurus are no longer in demand. You are not thinking of the weaver who is weaving Kanjivaram saris and her loom is going to shut down. You are not thinking of the leather maker who no longer has a demand for the mridangams and the talabadya kacheri instruments. We are only thinking of the person who comes in front of the audience. There are hundreds of things that lead up and that whole industry is in dire straits. India has never had a consistent policy to support the arts and so on and so forth. It is, it is awful. And there are all these amazing groups lying in far-flung places who are doing bhavai, who are doing yatra, who are doing yakshagana in some village, mm. who have no support at all. And where are the patrons? The, the, new, the new karorpatis are not patrons. Uh, the government is not a patron. The temples are no longer patrons. There are no rajas. Mm-hmm. So who is supporting the arts? COVID made it much worse, but the arts were in pretty bad state even then. And I think like you rightly said, it's not just the artists. In terms of impact, Malika, how do you see your own choreographies around social issues affecting your audience as well as your students from your academy? Somebody was asking me the other day what we teach in Darpana. And I said... Through the arts, we teach human beings to be humane beings. We teach them their roots and we teach them that the branches can go anywhere they want. I think the very fact that I am still being asked by colleges, schools, younger audiences to go and perform, to talk to them, 
means that there is a possibility that my kind of work is having an impact. Do thank you so much for giving us a time. That's it on the Banega Swast India podcast this week. If you have comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember BSI stands for Banega Swast India. You can also connect with us on Banega Swast India handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue the conversation through the week. Till next week this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.